0: That's heritageradionetwork.org/15 to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Guayaki yerba mate, producers of organic fair trade yerba mate. Learn more at guayaki.com. That's G-U-A-Y-A-K-I.com.
2: Hi, this is Ethan Frisch.
3: And I'm Jenny Dorsey.
2: And we are the co-hosts of Why Food here on Heritage Radio Network.
3: We've both been huge fans of Heritage Radio since, I don't know, forever. And we are super excited to announce that Heritage Radio is celebrating its 10-year anniversary this year.
2: 10 years of amazing shows, amazing guests, amazing interviews. You have access to all of those things for free, uh, which is pretty incredible. But uh, we are a nonprofit and, and we do depend on your support and ultimately your donations to be able to keep doing this.
3: So we are doing a big donation
2: drive right now, and we would love to see your support. We also have some really great prizes, including... including... Spices from my spice company, Burlap & Barrel. I will curate a set of six spices for anyone who feels generous enough to donate in the $500 category. Go today to heritageradionetwork.org donate to help support the overall radio network. Or you can support us specifically if you click on why food in the designation drop down menu. Thank you so much for listening to Heritage Radio.
4: Thanks for listening.
1: Welcome to HR and Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson and I am trying to figure out the volume on my headset.
5: Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> welcome everybody i um, here with my co-host, Katie Mosman-Wadler. hey Hey, Kat. Hey, everybody. How we doing? Happy Thursday. <laughs> we're here. We got we made this. it.
1: It's <laughs> pouring down rain in Brooklyn, so we're all like trying to figure out how to not drown. Uh, we're also here with Hannah Ford and our program manager. Drowned fully drowned. <laughs> Hannah was like, I'm leaving to go to the studio early because I don't want to get caught in the rain. And that was a smart decision.
4: It was crazy. I, all of our New York listeners probably just experienced this. The skies opened <laughs> up. There were huge crashing sounds. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that I made it here alive. We all did. And, and, and now we're drinking just the most delightful bottle of La Garagista, which... Love. Following up a thunderstorm, what could be worse? I mean, better. Oh, and look who's Jenny here having
1: uh, pizza in the, in the restaurant. It's Jenny and Alex from Opening Soon, another podcast here on HRN. What an
4: incredibly cute Tillet jumpsuit Jenny mm. is I wearing. wish you could
5: all see
1: it. <laughs>
4: She's the cutest thing I've
5: ever seen. And she has a matching headband, guys. It's just too cute. Um, while it was
1: raining, um, our fabulous intern Oscar and I were researching um, how to calculate the distance of a storm. Um, do you guys know how to calculate how far away the storm
5: is? I mean, resident nerd <laughs> i'm gonna one, i'm gonna say she knows how i I think <laughs> but I know what's how. the correct formula well, i don't it, this is an approximation, but it is um the storm is approximately one mile away for every second between the thunder and the lightning
1: eh, Oscar what, oh. Ooh, what was it, five?
5: yeah, I think it was every
1: one second,
5: five miles
4: that's right so right away we, when we get two seconds on that smash bang, it's like. Five Chris, I'm waiting away. for
1: your text to tell us which of us is right. That's gonna happen. In, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it 30 seconds. Yep. Hey, There's hey, a little hey. lag We're on, on like, the live stream. I read yeah. this
4: on the internet,
0: so, <laughs> so uh, right. We can't uh, right. be wrong. <laughs> uh,
5: well, we also have with us in studio. Um, we've already introduced Hannah Forden, uh, drowned slightly, but she's recovering because of the orange wine. Um, and also in the booth, Amanda Wang, making us all sound great. Hey, Amanda. Hello. Hello.
3: Happy. <laughs> You sound
5: Brandy far away. Thursday. Happy, happy. happy indeed. Happy. Uh, and we have two super special guests in the studio. Powerhouses. Indeed. I would say. I would say so too. Uh, first, to our, my, my, I usually like to go like clockwise, but I'm going to go to the opposite
6: corner. They're listening. They can't. Tell. corner. I
5: know, I know. Um, we're super excited to welcome back to HRN Valerie
6: Lomas. Welcome, Valerie. Hi, thanks for having me again Thanks for being here. (laughs) Thanks
5: for coming through the rain. And we also have Sarah Wiener, Executive Director of the Good Food Foundation. Hey Hey there. (laughs)
1: Woo! Um, We're excited to talk to both of you. Um, Sarah, we're going to talk about what you're in town for, all the exciting things that are coming up this week with Good Food. Yes, we're excited. We're pumped. Mm -hmm. And then Valerie was in studio earlier today, if anyone's been listening to Why Food. You might know some exciting things are happening on that show, and we're going to get into what's going on and what Valerie is doing over in Why Foodland. Um, but first, we have a few announcements. Katie and I just got back from Charlotte, North Carolina last week and had a really fun time at the Bread Symposium, interviewing a bunch of Charlotte chefs and
5: bakers from all over the place, all over the world. Interviewing some bread. Any highlights, Katie? Um, yes. Are we talking about the interviews or the food first? Both. Okay. <laughs> you can't, I
1: feel like you can't do without had, the other.
5: I had a really, um, such a good time with um, Guylaine Lacasse. She worked with me on my French pronunciation of her name, um, but she is a uh, scientist like me, and she studies sourdough and like microbiomes of sourdough. And she works for Piratos, which is like this company that, um, is sort of uh at the forefront of bread technology and sourdough flavor and they have an incredible sourdough library and uh we had a really good time talking i also um we had such fun sitting now with mark kelly from lodge cast iron cornbread uh, talking about cornbread <laughs> talking about cornbread festivals um we ate some things we had like one of the best dinners um we had dinner at Stagione with uh, Bruce Moffat, who is the um, owner of Moffat Restaurant Group. And Stagione is his Italian place in Charlotte. And we just ate like so many things, like a lot of pasta, incredible pasta, and then other things too. And then like... The the pizza with the peaches on it. Yeah, it was like was a pizza, out of organzola, this world. and hazelnuts, and peaches. It was amazing. And then um, the, I, the, I just have to call out that dessert because they brought out, they, they probably brought us like... 10 desserts and when we were already like begging for mercy but um they brought this like tray of Zeppelin's that were so good oh my god i could yeah. have eaten a dozen easily easily no problem even after eating like half my body weight and pasta already it was just incredible and then of course we visited shy um Had some lamb chef shy farjan at yafo kitchen we ate all the everything um I think that there were 30 dishes on our table for the three of us. Yeah. So that was a little ridiculous, Yeah, (laughs) but then we got on the airplane and, um, it was good. What were some of your highlights?
1: Um, I, so the bread symposium this year was different because instead of doing two days of just like kind of presentations and talks, they broke it out into workshops. So basically you would pick one of three tracks as a baker going in. Um, and there were professional bakers there and home bakers there. Um, One track was about sourdoughs. One track was about local landrace heirloom grains. And then the third one was about sprouted grains and the health benefits of baking with those ingredients. And so I was kind of confused at the beginning because I thought it was going to be a rotating sort of thing. But obviously I should have known that with bread, it takes a long time to bake them and let them rise. So people stayed in one track for two days and really got to see lots of different breads being made. And I think my highlight was, like, seeing Harry P. Muller, who's, like, an amazing German baker, slice open this piece of bread, and he was like, I need a bigger knife. <laughs> and it was, just, I have a video of it. It's incredible. Oh. And then he slices this it open, and it's, like, steaming. It was, like, it was just a really cool thing to just watch all these bakers nerd out really hard over bread.
5: I also have to say, um, mm-hmm. in the sourdough workshop that I was in for the beginning part of the day, um, they had brought in about five different starters that all had like their own kind of unique story and they were fed in a different way. And the objective of this workshop was to um, sort of try to end with the closest to the same recipe, but using these different starters um, with like some of them were fed rye and some of them were fed white whole wheat and um, sort of treated differently and had different origins um, to see like pretty as close to like scientifically limiting variables as possible, what, was the difference in flavor caused specifically by the sourdough starter. But the cool thing was at the beginning of that, we tasted a bunch of the starters, uh, which I don't know if you if you guys like make sourdough at home, but um, it's not like a, a very delicious thing to eat a uh, raw sourdough <laughs> starter, but it was really cool to kind of compare them side by side and then to see like the effects that it had, uh, maybe just feeding one rye for a couple of days before starting versus feeding it white flour and... Um, Anyway, then I, I did, like, feel a little weird. Would uh, a sourdough starter, that day, <laughs> would that be considered, like, bread carpaccio? Mmm, mm, good question. Um, th- no. Copyright. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, hold on. Also, I have breaking news. Um, we're both Is it about wrong. storms? Yeah, of course. We knew it would come. Okay. Uh, the <laughs> message, thank you, message from our weather nerd, Chris, says that uh, it's one mile for every Five seconds not oh we had it backwards right no,
4: but we had it right no oh, we were you
5: yeah. were wrong yeah sure Oscar. you were all even all. more wrong than i was <laughs> it's not five miles for every one second it is one mile away for every five seconds between the thunderclap and the lightning bolt it's so are like so
1: close it's kind of crazy
5: yeah um, um okay
1: so i feel like we've bred it out for too long so hannah no such thing tell us all about our summer membership drive
4: I love bread. <laughs> and guess what else I love? Heritage Radio Network! <laughs> Even more than bread. Do you love Heritage Radio Network? I know you do because you're listening. And what's not to love? Right now, we need our community to come together to support our summer bun drive. We have been making Revolutionary Food Radio for a whole decade now, which is bonkers. So before podcasts were cool, we were doing it. And we we're doing it from two Shipping containers behind Roberta's Pizza. So obviously we've grown a lot, but it takes a lot of resources. We're now
5: doing it from two shipping containers inside of Roberta's (laughs) Pizza.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Roberta's Pizza has expanded uh, to encompass our studio, and it used to be in a dirt pit kind of in the backyard. Um, So yes, Roberta's has grown. We have grown. We went from one show to 35 shows a week. Uh, But we're still like a very small, scrappy nonprofit, and it takes a lot of money and time and all of the things to make Food Radio possible. And so we ask all of our listeners to please take a moment to become a member of Heritage Radio Network. No matter how much you're able to give, it makes a huge, huge difference. We have also some super, super cool new member gifts. I don't know if you've been on the Insta lately, but we have the coolest new T-shirt, and you need it. I promise. I promise. Pizza T-shirt. So go to heritageradionetwork.org/slash/donate and choose the membership level of your choice. You can set up a monthly donation. Uh, $10 a month will get you the brand-new T-shirt and a household membership and our undying love and gratitude. So take a moment. Again, it's heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Get your memberships in before the end of July. We really need your support, and thanks in advance. I became a member last week.
5: Yay!
4: Yay! I feel yeah, really good the decision. Yeah.
5: Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This program is brought to you by members like you. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Are we ready to dive into our headlines so we can get talking to these amazing ladies? Yes, please. Headline music. There There it is. is. HRN is super excited this week because we are adding a brand new show to our network again. This is the first, uh, the, sorry, the first full episode of Queer the Table with host Nico Whistler is arriving next week. But if you are like us food radio junkies and can't wait to get your ears on some new content, you can check out a short preview episode right now at heritageradionetwork.org. That is Queer the Table.
1: Can I just say, I read a, like a script preview of the first episode today and Oh my gosh, it's gonna blow you away! It is a look at some of the um, riots and and gatherings that happened pre-Stonewall um, that really started launching the civil rights movement in the LGBT community um, all across the country, and it's like and they're all at, you know like restaurants and bars, and it like it's gonna be awesome.
4: It's so exciting! The, all the new shows we've added this year are. just phenomenal like yeah you should listen to everything that we make Um, okay guys but I have some really big news for you Snacky Tunes which is one of HRN's longest running shows just dropped their 400th episode not so new that's amazing And it's a really special one. Host Darren and Greg were in the Caribbean for the 11th Annual Clayman Cookout at the Ritz-Carlton. A little jealous. Um, and got to sit down with the inspiring, legendary, and three-Michelin star chef, Dominic Crenn, to talk about food, poetry, family, and everything in between. I think this is something you definitely don't want to miss. And if you want to congratulate... Bleh, congratulate. Darren and Greg on their 400th episode make a donation in honor of Snacky Tunes. Nice. That's a great idea.
1: Also, there's a throwback uh, performance by Freelance Wales in that episode, and I'm like, big fan. It's very good. They were like, the band has like eight members, and they were
5: all in the studio like eight years ago. I crazy. love like some of the crazy stuff that we crazy. put in the shipping container. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. It's not the biggest band. We did have a 10 piece marching band yeah. in here. So yeah. uh, you're going to have to try a little harder stacky tunes, but we are very, Bring extremely proud of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: last up, apropos of this incredible natural wine from Vermont that we're drinking, we have a last one last uh, preview to share with you. Wine fair season is approaching, which at this point wine fair season is all the time. If you've ever tried to navigate a room of 400 or more interesting people while also figuring out what to taste and which makers to visit, you know it's both exciting and really daunting. Well, have no fear because the hosts of Natural Disasters, Adam and Marissa, have put together a really informative episode filled with etiquette tips, tricks, and personal insights aimed at helping you all navigate and get the most out of wine fairs across the world. It's required listening. Seriously. Don't look like a newbie at a wine fair um such a noob don't want to do that um all right so those are our headlines uh, make sure you check out all 35 plus plus we're growing 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 shows on hrn and um so now we want to turn to our very esteemed guests um sarah i'll start with you so we saw you last night at the event that um wisconsin cheese hosted um but tell us about what you have what else do you have coming up this week while you're in new york city
2: well, very excited for the Good Food Mercantile. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Happening on Tuesday. We are bringing 117 awesome makers. Whoa. You know, we like to say they're tasty, authentic, and responsible. So all the good things that you want to be eating uh, to Brooklyn. And we're inviting five or 600 of the best grocers from all across the country to meet them. Um, so that should be very delicious. And... We're doing something new this year for the first time. In the morning that day, we were um, launching something called the Good Food Merchant Summit. Um, so what we realized, you know, working with food crafters over these 10 years, we have the same birthday, guys. Good Food Foundation, Heritage Woo! Radio. 10 years! <laughs> <laughs> Is that um, so much of what these amazing people are doing can only happen with these other group of amazing people, the grocers who really care um, and who go out of their way to teach their customers, you know, what's you know, meaningful in food and introduce them to new stuff. So we're like, let's throw them some love. Let's bring together the independently owned grocers from all across the country, help them learn from each other. So we have awesome speakers, like um, one of the Zingerman like Zing train trainers coming to talk about, you know, how they use open book finance to motivate their team so that like other grocers can start doing that. Uh, We have awesome guy from um, market of choice in Portland, one of our kind of member groups to, uh, Talk about, like, all the different ways they gather data. Like, just looking around their store to, like, you know, those little cards, like, loyalty programs and how they use that to, like, make good decisions in their store. And basically, uh, helping each other. Plus, we're feeding everyone fabulous bagels, locks. Smoked fish sandwiches with regalas caviar on top. So it'll be. Oh, hey. You know, I, I need that right now. <laughs> oh, we gotta, uh, we gotta start the day off right. Ooh, and Finish Caves is gonna like give us a taste of the burrow by coming and doing like a taste workshop for everyone together with Cowgirl Creamery's. Of gonna all talk, cheese. All the good cheeses.
5: All the good cheese.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I really <laughs> hope Cowgirl Creamery's bringing their cottage cheese to New York. Mm. I got to try some in San Francisco in January. It is just beyond Mm -hmm. good they're also just the best people yeah those cowgirls those cowgirls yeah (laughs) um do you do you see that good food producers and merchants are kind of growing uh like at the same rate in tandem or is there like a need on one side or the other more like do we need more producers do we need more merchants or Mm -hmm. both i mean
2: you know what we need more of yeah People buying the good food uh. um, because then they can all grow yeah. more. I mean, but uh, you know, to answer your question more concisely um, or precisely, I think that was very, good. yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, I think tons of people um, are into making like beautiful food that they're like passionate about. Um, I think it's really hard. I mean, everything, it's hard for both groups, but I think it's really hard to be, you know, a small independent merchant Mm -hmm. right now as well. Um, And in a way, if you think about it, like, 30 years ago, maybe, chefs started getting a lot of recognition for their very, very hard work and being kind of looked up to, and that's been, like, amazing for food in America. Then maybe, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the makers started getting a little bit more recognition. Like, people know who Cowgirl Creamery is, and people, like, look up to kind of amazing brewers. Um, And I think it's newer that people would look to a grocer, like market or forger's market here in New York or to Bruno Brothers who's been doing it for like four generations and be like oh I get it that there's passionate people behind that store doing things differently and making choices not just motivated by profit but motivated by community and I want to support that and I'm interested in what the insight they have and um kind of, like, helping that kind of grocer thrive. So I think that's a newer frontier in, like, public perception. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you might say, like, well, I could get that same cheese at Trader Joe's or somewhere else. You know, sometimes you might see the same cheese, but thinking about, okay, but if I get it at a big corporation, you know... Half the money is going to the big corporation with a certain set of values, versus if I buy the same cheese, even if it costs thirty cents more, at like one of these small guys, suddenly half half of what I'm paying, half of my pay, you know, my weekly food budget is going to support a totally different set of values and really making choices around that consciously.
6: Um, as someone who's not as savvy, how can I how can I identify um, and find these grocers that are. Really, that really have good business practices that would, I would, I would want to support. I'm so glad you asked that question, <laughs> and you're gonna think that I planted it, but
2: I, but I didn't. Um, we have a group called the Good Food Merchants Alliance, um, and it's 34 independently owned grocers from probably 10 different states, um, all over the country, and you can find the list of them. They're all people who are like above and beyond, um, and not only like finding amazing stuff but wanting to share with other grocers and like committing to membership with like our you know to to help support each other and help support the good food community to grow Um, so you can find that list at goodfoodfdn.org forward slash merchants but beyond that I mean obviously there's more than 34 like awesome independently owned grocers Um, and I would suggest I mean that's a great question I mean, I think so many cities and towns have them now. But I mean, the first thing I would just say, like, look for one that's independent. So like not one of the chains. And then like who, when you ask them, carries like interesting stuff. And then when you ask them about it, um, you know, has a knowledgeable answers. Or who's supporting like awesome food fairs in your town. Mm -hmm. Like usually it's like those community minded folks who are like the names behind it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But you knew all that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Valerie is g- asking great questions because Valerie, you were here earlier today, and can you talk about you weren't just a guest on why food?
6: Well, earlier this morning i I guest co hosted um the Y Food podcast with Ethan Frisch, which was awesome. um our guest hatal, she just came out with her book, Milk and Cardamom, so we were just talking about how she went from being a numbers um health science um you know educated person to going in full, full speed into the culinary world. And she now does everything from, um, food, culinary consulting and creating content for different restaurants and brands to, um, her own blog and social media and now a cookbook author. So it was really awesome just talking with her about that. And, um, I'm going to be back next week as well. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Why food? Okay.
1: And it's a why food's such a natural fit for you to be co-hosting because you have a very similar sort of back or your background fits nicely into like the theme of the show.
6: Right. I mean, so the theme of the show is about career changers. So, um, you know, I spent the first geez, eight years of my post post education life as an attorney. And within the past several months, I actually transitioned from being an attorney to being a full time, um, I guess, just general food person, everything from, um, everything from being a food writer to keeping up with my food blog. I'm working on my own cookbook and I will also be joining Ethan, um, as a co-host for Why Food. So, yay.
1: That's awesome. Um, since I think a lot of the stuff you've been doing so far is the baking and the writing, uh, how do you feel about jumping into the world of audio?
6: (laughs) Oh, I feel great. Um, I think I just kind of like, I like being kind of off the cuff. Mm -hmm. And I have done some like TV segments where live television is like the most surreal thing because you just have to go with it. Like whatever is happening, especially if you're like baking something on television, uh, <laughs> it's just know that like the swap is coming. So it's fine. So I think this is like a great fit because you can just like go with it. And I love your podcast. Cause we are drinking wine. Yes. yeah. So yes, we are. it's like even fewer, you know, inhibitions. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: That's
6: the goal. That's
1: the goal. Um, cheers. Cheers. But, uh, you, obviously, are still doing a lot of writing. And I, I had to shout out a piece that you wrote recently, which was a, a tribute to Leah Chase. Um, it was really, really beautiful. And I didn't realize, so you lived in New Orleans a bit growing up.
6: I So I'm Baton actually, Rouge. yeah, born and raised in Baton Rouge, like, birth until I left for college. And I went to school in L.A. Okay, And I went to law school in L.A. And it was funny because I was a law student. And that's how I was introduced to um, the amazing institution that that is Dookie Chase's restaurant, and Talia Chase. Um, so I was—I just felt very um, honored that I had the chance to share my story with how she's impacted my life. Um, and I published that essay on Taste Cooking earlier this week. Can you talk more
1: about that story of like how you originally met her and and what took you kind of into the world of Dookie Chase?
6: Yeah. So, um, so it was 2008. I was a first-year law student. And um, my school was taking an alternative spring break trip down to New Orleans, and I was like, "Okay, this is like an awesome opportunity." So um, I went, and I wasn't quite sure what I'd fi- what I would find because it had only been two and a half years since the hurricane, and um, someone organized that our service element was helping Dookie Chase. So we were cleaning equipment, we were polishing chairs and tables, and we were arranging furniture. And then like to my surprise, at the end of the week, they cooked us a private dinner. Um, and wow. they weren't even open like full-time. They weren't even open for dinner service yet. Um, and it was so incredible because Leah, she Like talk to us before the dinner started and she told us the history of this restaurant Um, and you know we're like a very diverse group of law students and, and she shared how this was like a meeting place during the civil rights era where you know where um, different black civil rights leaders and white activists could come and it was like a safe space. The police, no one interfered, even though they were breaking all the laws of segregation. Um, And she just like went on and talked about how they had coped since the hurricane and how what kept her going every day was literally getting up and working. And it just reminded me so much of my own grandmother who, you know, if, if I was sleeping in on the weekend, she would be like, uh, Valerie, time to wake up. And I'm like, are you serious? Let me sleep. But um, <laughs> just this like work ethic of getting up and working. And she would get up each morning and she would, you know, chop what we call in Creole cooking the Trinity, which is onions, bell pepper, and celery, and how that just kind of kept her going. And, you know, she worked pretty much um, every day until... I think a a few months ago where, um, you know, she wasn't able to, but that just kind of kept her going. And she told that story and I was just like, wow. And you know, I went, I went back to LA and a few months later I started a food blog because it was like, this amazing institution that memorialized food culture because they had been there for over 75 years. Um, So, you know, I'm definitely not a restaurateur or a chef and mad respect to them. But just in my own way, I I started memorializing stories by writing about them and sharing recipes.
1: That's so cool. And in that piece you talk about, you went down for the Gumbo Jubilee.
6: Yes. Which (laughs) I was
1: surprised to see that in there. And I was like, because I'm very jealous of anyone who got to go to that event because Howard isn't going to do another one for a while.
6: Yeah. So so that was actually just. I, yeah, it was pretty last minute that I was able to attend, but Adrian Miller, who, um, who also helped put it on, he, um, he's like a historian. He's written a book about soul food that won a James Beard Award, and uh, he actually arranged to get my travel covered, awesome. which wow. was awesome. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best. So, uh, so I went down, and there were a number of events with like Dillard University. They have a great the Ray Charles Food Program. They had events. They screened documentaries, and part of it was um, lunch at Tookie Chase. And Leah, again, she talked to us, and she just told us all of these amazing stories about being a woman in the in the industry in the '40s, right? And how, like, um, you know, she was she was working as a waitress, which was f- which was phenomenal in its own right because it was World War II. So even though she was considered a colored person, they allowed her to work as a waitress because they needed the help. But she found her way to the back to wash dishes to watch people prepare food so that she could learn it and they told her they were like you can't you can't be a a cook or a chef because you can't you can't lift these heavy pots and so you know she was lifting them as she was washing the dishes and (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's a really good point oh yeah and I mean (laughs) these are the types of stories that she shared and she probably told us that day like 20 times just looking at the room like about how proud that she was of us and just like i think in a way like all of us are her legacy like us just kind of living in a better overall society is her legacy so um I, yeah i'm just really grateful i was able to share that
5: yeah that's
1: was, awesome
6: everyone should read valerie's piece it's, <laughs> it's truly incredible
1: um well should we take a really quick break we'll come back and talk more um uh, we have a lot more to talk about so we'll be right back Today's program is brought to you by Guayaquil Yerba Mate, producers of organic fair trade yerba mate. Guayaquil has an innovative business model called Market-Driven Regeneration. They serve as a bridge linking consumer purchases of healthy yerba mate products in North America with indigenous communities engaged in sustainable agriculture and reforestation projects in Argentina, Paraguay, and Brazil. This summer, Guayaquil Yerba Mate is heading to New York City for the entire month of July 2019, producing music events, community gatherings, interactive art experiences, and action days, all focused on supporting social and environmental work surrounding new urban food systems. They will infuse the heart of the Big Apple with unique and peak experiences that empower the regenerative movement while also leaving a positive impact. Learn more about Guayaki Yerba Mate presents Come to Life New York at guayaki.com slash events. That's guayak icom slash events.
3: Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Akiko Katayama, and I'm the host of Japan Needs here on HRN. By interviewing fascinating personalities in Japanese culinary culture, I try to demystify Japanese cuisine. My guests have included sake brewers, tea experts, Japanese whiskey experts, and sushi chefs. You can find Japan Needs whenever you listen to podcasts and on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
1: Welcome back to HR and Happy Hour. We're here with Sarah Wiener of the Good Food Foundation and Valerie Lomas, guest co-host for the summer-ish, fall, we'll see how long, of Why Food, um, as well as, you know, prolific baker and writer. Um, so we we didn't touch on this yet, but a lot of people know Valerie from the fact that she won the Great American Bake Off. That's the right name of the show, right? Great American Baking Show. I get confused between like Bake Off, Baking yeah. Show. It's the yeah. same show. <laughs> Basically,
5: is. she kicked
6: ass, guys.
1: <laughs> but she destroyed. But people did didn't awesome. see all the great things she did. Um, a lot of you probably know or have listened to Valerie's interview on Speaking Broadly or other shows on HRN. Um, that the, that series, that season, never aired. Um, and you've talked a lot about it, but now like looking back and reflecting on the experience, like what are your thoughts about the whole? the whole situation
5: now and i just so you don't have to say it valerie the show the show didn't air because one of the judges was accused of sexual misconduct um which is just such a achingly frustrating reason for your accomplishments to not come across so sorry i just yeah. feel like our listeners should know yeah, what we're the all, background we're of all the story still, like, is shaking our heads and like yes yeah,
6: be equally enraged about it with us to you <laughs> um Thank you for being enraged also. Uh, no, it's it's really surreal sometimes kind of looking back. Like sometimes I watch, you know, these competition shows and I get triggered. And it's just mm. like, it's, it's kind of like a multifaceted thing. Because when you're in that situation, it is so unbelievably like stressful and anxiety provoking. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like the most stressful thing ever. Except then like, oh, the show got canceled and I have to just deal with it, which was a whole, like a kind of double whammy. So I think looking back, um, I actually try not to think about it. I'm not sure like how healthy that is, but, um, (laughs) it's, it's so much easier to just look forward. And if I do look back, just kind of like, look at the positive that came out of it, which was, I met so many amazing people in this industry and media. Um, you know, I've I've got a cookbook deal with Clarkson Potter. So I, I definitely need to focus on, you know, writing that manuscript. Um, so will, will there be a big baking component to the book? It, yeah, it's a baking <laughs> book. Great. It's, it's pretty much all baking. And then, you know, me telling stories about baking <laughs> and just life in general. But um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I just kind of try to look forward because, yeah, thinking back is just kind of like, oh, I don't really want to go back to to that place. And I feel like I'm in a really positive place now. Just focusing on gratitude and. I want to put stuff. something out in the universe. I feel like you should be a judge on a, on a competition mm, show. Thank you for putting that out there. You're I, welcome. I, I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. Good. I would love to. It's so funny. Cause it's like, when you sit through hours of judging, because like, you know what you see on television, <laughs> it's a fraction. Wait,
3: That's not everything. That's not.
6: I thought it was live. (laughs) It's real. It's truly a fraction. They truly like say every negative and and probably maybe positive thing there is to say about every single thing. And if there isn't something negative Mm. or positive, they will make something up, right? Because you never (sighs) know what's needed for editing. Sure. So, (laughs) so I definitely feel like you know I have a lot of experience with. with that. And I was like, my job, they did a little fake bake off and had me be a judge. And um, this was, you know, before I quit. And it was so <laughs> much fun. And I realized like, how... this is in your attorney job. Yeah, this was my, this is <laughs> my, four... yeah, this is my uh, attorney job. And it was just so much fun just like going through each of the things and, you know, talking about them in this like, really, I don't want to say judgmental, but when you're judging something, it's it's a little
5: judgy. (laughs) (laughs) We live for it.
6: Did, was it anonymous? Uh, It was anonymous as I was saying things about that. I would, I would obviously be a nice judge. You know, everyone has, has a a role to play, I I suppose. But um, (laughs) I think probably just being an attorney, I'm, I'm able to say, I'm able to criticize, but from like a nice way, it's like, yeah, yeah. Constructive. It's constructive, constructive. or, and, and just honest, like, yeah. you know, if something doesn't taste good, you should know so that you don't like serve it to people. I want to give you something to get an example.
5: Of <laughs> judging right now.
6: Can I pour you a shot of something off of this bar? Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a little, this is way too sweet. It's almost like saccharine, you know,
1: how do you feel about cornbread?
6: I love cornbread, I'm okay with sweet cornbread. Is that what we're, well we're, I was saying okay with, with that. We, <laughs> we,
1: were just, we were just talking to Mark Kelly, who works with the Lodge, and they have this national cornbread festival,
6: and I feel like maybe, we didn't know maybe we could before, connect you and but, you could do cornbread. Judging. oh my gosh, I would love that. I mean, so it's funny. I grew up, you know, I had my share of jiffy, oh uh, yeah, sure, I'm not going to hate on the blue box, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, my family has they they do jiffy sometimes and then they do the whole like this is real homemade. From scratch, cornbread for, like, cornbread dressing for Thanksgiving, mm. which I later learned that's, like, either a really Southern or a really Black thing. I'm not sure which it is. Probably both. Yeah, probably both. <laughs>
5: um, I must be the exception to that. <laughs> <laughs> My family is neither, but we definitely, cornbread dressing is a oh, staple. It's the best. Yeah. So I'll, I'll like just a put in a, one little, like, <laughs> one representative from the Northeast, we'll say. <laughs> I love,
1: like, it? I love a slightly spicy cornbread oyster dressing. Oh. That's where it's at. We do a cornbread, pecan, sausage. That's good, Sage. Too. I, I found a recipe on New York Times cooking that was like um, a chorizo and cornbread dressing. Oh, yeah. We made that one. That one was very good. And it had leeks in it, too. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Delicious.
5: I mean, didn't <laughs> we make that for Friendsgiving? No. I think I... Yeah. 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 It's oh, a keeper. It's a keeper. Delicious. Recipe. Um delicious.
1: Sarah, I want to turn back to you really quickly, because we're talking about all these great foods. And the Good Food Foundation has added a category or two recently...
2: Yeah! Oh. And, yay! And in fact, I was just going to invite you to judge our new category at the Food oh. Awards. Oh. It's because yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are adding grains and legumes, oh, perfect. <laughs> um, which should be really, really exciting. Because you know, the food crafters we work with—about twenty percent of them are farmers, as well as makers like farmstead cheese makers or gem makers who grow their own fruit. But obviously, in the grains and legumes category, a much higher percentage will be farmers. Um, and you know, we want to do everything like all the milled flours and all of that. But to start, since this is like a pretty big logistical challenge, like our other categories are like pickles. Oh, you open the jar and then you (laughs) put your fork in and give it to the judge. (laughs) But for the grains and the legumes, we are going to have to cook like every, every bean and every, um, you know, whole, whole grains are going to be
5: able to be entered.
2: Um, and then we'll also have pasta and tortillas as part of that category. Yeah. entered. So, so how
5: will you cook yeah. that? Like, is there a standard recipe? How will you ensure that everything is cooked? Cause beans, you know, there's all kinds of sizes and dryness and doneness. And I know it's and like, how does it so how, complicate?
1: How, so how are you not
5: judging the cooking and the, the only the product?
2: Well, this Whoa. is what I, I know. Mind blown. Like, this is what I can tell you for sure.
5: Okay. Our I'm committee ready.
2: chairs who decide how everything's judged and run the tasting. One of them owns a cooking school with 17 burners.
5: And the other one... And ha- so you can have 17 contestants in the beans category. Exactly,
2: at the same time. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was a caterer in New York and has been teaching cooking for like 30 years and um, is like amazing. So they're both like super, super good cooks. So they're like working out all the methodology. Okay. Probably it will be like... Cooked for the amount of time each bean says is supposed to be cooked for. And
5: oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Right, like the instructions on the package. Exactly. But like, <laughs> oh, no. but like salt, salt added
1: or nothing added or.
2: Well, that's the thing to make it fair, right? We yeah. kind of have to do the same, right? So probably it will be like. What we're talking about is having everything tasted two ways, and one way might just be, like, totally plain, maybe mm-hmm. not even any salt, and one other mm-hmm. way might be, like, super simply seasoned. Yeah. It might be, like, a little drizzle of olive oil and some salt, like, for your pasta.
1: This is fascinating.
5: fascinating. Isn't it? Yes.
1: Yeah.
5: Um, <laughs> so you need some people who know their way around a bean. <laughs> yes. I was talking with Alice Waters,
2: who's on our advisory board, about this new category, <laughs> and she was like, you need people who are really, really excellent with beans like some chefs just know like how to do it they just like love the beans
5: i will shout out a portland chef a, a bean chef a bean because chef. you remember at coquine when coquine. we had those beans um Ka- katie millard katie millard Okay. She done. can cook some. She beans. can cook really? a dang bean.
2: Okay. I will go there personally to recruit her. And
1: oh, by the way, eat there. While yes, I'm yes. And so make sure good. you eat a bean. Okay. Eat <laughs> everything. Her restaurant is fantastic. Um, also I was just thinking about, I was just listening back to the interview from the good food mercantile San Francisco that Patrick and Emily from heritage foods did with Cesare uh-huh. and they were doing this thing where they were asking everyone what dish should, should Megan Markle make to win over the people of the UK? which was a little off the rails but also very charming and cesare was like just beans and oil so maybe cesare will get it on the bean action
2: great idea yeah. great idea okay another invite yeah okay. we have three new one helper and two new
5: judges <laughs> Done. but it, here's just like another guys you just put things out there in the universe and there they are they just happen <laughs> I'm a firm yes. believer in that. Yes.
6: I, yeah. I was actually looking at like my vision board from that I made in January and I was like, whoa, like I can't wait for the rest of this stuff to happen. This year. <laughs> Anything you want to put out there? Oh, I mean, I think you, I think you put something out there. I would love to be, I would love to like, um, judge a show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you ever met Manit Chohan?
6: No, I
1: feel you like should. you should meet her. Um, also, because she's a, she's a judge on a TV show, but she's also just a really awesome person and very fun to be around. We're gonna have to make that happen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm meeting in Nashville. Out there. Yes. <laughs>
6: okay,
4: this is my vision board. Is that we should figure out a way to bring Valerie on a trip with us? Yes, to do some guest hosting. Yeah, oh, I love that idea.
6: Because you're in, now.
1: you're a, you're a host now, so yes. we can do that. Yes. Awesome. In the fold, in mm. the family. Where do we want
6: to go? I
5: like France. <laughs> yeah, we go there all the time. The Seychelles. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Seafood? Seafood in the Seychelles? France. France, are you listening? <laughs> Bring send, us to you. Send aeroplanes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it out there. You never
1: know. You just never know. Um, well. Is it starting to rain again? I hear, can
5: you guys hear that? I think Listeners? people can probably hear it through their radio. I can hear it through my headphones. It's that is the rain on our tin roof.
1: Well, should we get into our round of trivia?
5: Any oh, yeah. objections? <laughs> Sarah's, <laughs> Sarah's face I'm just went
1: whole through whole like fun.
5: five different emotions very quickly. Whoever, <laughs> <I hate tests. laughs>
1: whoever wins trivia, together. whoever wins trivia gets an all expenses paid trip
5: to Paris. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I think we should apply that to whoever loses trivia. <laughs> Can I phone a friend? Yes. In fact, whatever it takes, I have not seen any questions. Who has? None Okay. So Oscar, wait, Oscar wrote you the you are out. Oscar wrote, wrote the them. questions. I
1: edited the questions. Everyone else
5: is, fi- is game to play. Okay. okay. So Hannah and I are your phone of friends. All right. We may or may not be useful. I'm not sure what the topic okay. is today. So our trivia theme today
1: is a reference to Valerie's previous career. As an attorney,
5: so we the pressure. Yes, yeah, but when you know it's when cast as a reference, all it might it be comes it comes it. It, there <laughs> might be twists and turns along the way.
6: It's legal contracts. Oh the God. theme is legal. No, don't um, sign them.
0: <laughs>
6: you won. Don't sign that NDA. No.
1: <laughs> Um This trivia is about lawyers on um, in pop culture. Okay. 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 Oh. Question. <laughs> Question number one After spending years away from the courtroom while working to raise her children, this TV show lawyer successfully re-entered the field when her then district attorney husband was sent to prison. Uh, and if you can name the character and/or the TV show:
4: The good wife?: Correct. What is her name?? Oh. <laughs> Alicia? Yes. Yes. Floric? Yes. Thanks, Mom. Hannah! Thanks, Mom, for making me watch this with you. wow. Me and my mom bonded a lot over that show. What up, Jewish moms?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Question number two. This Maycomb Alabama lawyer was originally created for the page, but has been portrayed on the screen and most recently on Broadway by Jeff Daniels. Who is... Atticus Finch? Correct. Uh, good. Correct. Um, question number three. What is the name of the shady and flamboyant lawyer from two hit TV shows known to advertise himself to possible criminal clients in legal trouble with a catchphrase asserting that you better call him? Saul Goodman. Correct. Question number four. She's a young, energetic, thoughtful, and persistent lawyer with a Harvard degree and a fully pink wardrobe.
2: Reese Witherspoon, in whatever that <laughs> L <Al> woods, <laughs> <laughs>
4: correct, with all the pink <laughs> <I> on <thought> it.
1: <laughs> Bonus points if you can name the, her Chihuahua's name.
4: Oh. Mm. Oh, I think.
1: Do you know
5: it? I
4: know. I know. Uh, what is Bruiser? Is that right, Amanda? Does anyone in this room know? Can <laughs> confirm or deny. Uh,
1: Chris, Google it and text us. All right. I was gonna say, is Bruiser, Brewster, Bruiser. Subster
5: sounds right to me. I yeah. think this is gonna go to Oscar.
4: All
5: right, we'll find out later.
1: But you
4: also
5: have been recently researching <laughs> yes, this. So. Uh,
4: disqualified.
1: <laughs> he, because he, he's in the sequel, you found out that he's gay, and it was it's a Pride Month. Oh, happy boy. Pride. The puppy. In the sequel that you find out that her dog is gay. That's really cute. Yeah.
5: I I got confirmation. Thank you, Chris. Uh, The correct answer is Bruiser. There you go. (laughs) We have turned the tables on the person who wrote the trivia. That's right. Except that he's still winning, so uh, I'm not sure. He's (laughs) smirking in
1: the corner. (laughs) All right. Last question. This character was based on Johnny Cochran, OJ Simpson's lead defense in his infamous murder trial. Who is the bespectacled mustachioed and well-dressed lawyer that helped one crazy-haired eccentric character in a number of times in a 1990s show about nothing? You got to really work this one back.
5: Uh, a 1990s show about
1: nothing. That would
6: nothing. be Seinfeld, Seinfeld, but I don't know Correct. what the answer is.
4: So. <laughs> I can't think of a, like a lawyer character on Seinfeld. So.
6: Was that just hmm. the name of the lawyer's name in the trial? No. Oh, Okay. He does have this the character
1: has the same initials as Johnny Cochran, which is interesting, oh. yeah mm. anybody Ben
6: Costanza <laughs>
1: no, but he also does have the same, <laughs> same
4: initials. <laughs> <laughs> as Weird. well as one other historical figure. <laughs> Do you know how to pronounce this? Office? I just want to remind you guys that Jason Costanza is not a character on Seinfeld. <laughs> it's George Costanza. Oh. Played by, oh, played yeah, by yeah. Jason something, right?
6: Oh, Alexander? Yes. yes. Kat and Oscar were both like, we, we don't, don't watch Seinfeld.
3: Seinfeld. And I was like, get
4: out of this office right
1: now. I don't watch shows about nothing.
3: <laughs> um Okay,
1: the answer is Jackie Chills or Chili's? I think it's Child. Childs. But, yeah,
5: don't Don't at us or do. It's fine. <laughs> uh, also late breaking news for fans of Bruiser Woods. Uh, if you go to, uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I, my phone turned off. Legallyblonde.fandom.com. There is a Bruiser Woods page, uh, because as my husband says, there is a fandom for everything. That's true. Fandom. Cool. I don't know how to. I don't. I don't know. Fandom. Is fandom. there a fandom for this show? Um, you know. Yes,
1: his name's Neil Herzl. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Neil. What up, Neil? <laughs> Hope you're listening. Someone
6: create one, please. Love
1: you, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um. Yeah, and we've got we've gotten some donations for HR and Happy Hour. Um, you know, small but mighty. That's right. <laughs> Uh, someone should come up with like a fan nickname mm-hmm. for our show. Yeah. Yeah.
6: The someone hours should like Beyonce has her hive. Yeah. And yes. HR and happy hour has the minutes.
4: <laughs> I
6: like <The> it. Drunks.
1: <laughs> um,
4: the day drinkers. Yeah. yeah yes.
5: Yes. I'm on board. Uh, anybody else has ideas out there? Tweet them at us. That's right. right. You can also email us at ideas at and 3nyc because uh, the other side <laughs> of our very loosey-goosey Thursday show is the super, uber-professional and polished Meet and Three. I think mm. the
1: fans for Meet and Three should be called the Blue Plates. Yeah, that's
2: <laughs> good. Yeah. Mm.
1: <laughs> if you don't listen to Meet and Three already, you should. What are you waiting on? You should also listen to Why Food and hear Valerie all summer long. And Valerie's
6: been on Meet and Three as well.
1: Yes, she was on the first episode of Meet and Three. Oh,
6: ever. ever. Yeah, I remember you guys also did a segment on Alison Roman on that episode. We did. And I felt like, oh, my God, yeah. I'm like kind of next to Alison Roman. Not kind of. <laughs> you are. That made me feel so special. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, what? What's your favorite
1: viral Alison Roman recipe?
6: Oh, I mean, I made the cookies, of course. Yeah. Um, I just love her book. I love how I love her writing style. Um, I think the photos are just really fun and really modern, and um, I I like that I kind of get her personality through it. Oh, yeah. I also like that she is not
1: afraid to admit that she likes to go heavy on salt and lemon. Acid, but mostly lemon. I mean, a woman after my own heart. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be afraid of it. Um, Yeah. Well... I think I'm all out of things to say.
5: Well, guys, that's our show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> this is gave me the Radio five Network minutes and I'm like, hour. okay, great.
1: Uh, Amanda's <laughs> cutting us off. Um, thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Valerie for joining us. Thank you guys. This has been very fun. Thank you, Amanda, our engineer. Thanks to Oscar for writing some trivia about TV shows that we don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks Hannah. Thanks Katie. Thanks Kat.
4: All, all right. We'll see you next Thursday. See you next week.
1: HR and Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com heritage.
3: Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Good radio supported by you. For freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thank you for listening.